And just like that, bunny hug hoodie. It's a Saskatchewan thing, a Canadian thing, but I think it's catching on worldwide too. I'm Lenora Swiston. This is CFCR, Community Radio Station 90.5. And today we've got a panel on small business and entrepreneurship. And I have a full deck here facing me. They all look lovely. I know you can't see them. I can, but they're beautiful. They're, none of them are naked, so that's a good thing. Uh, this is Community Radio, so we can have a little bit of fun with that. But, I mean, in all seriousness, this is a pretty serious topic that I think a lot of times kind of gets missed in some of our civic conversations. And so on good old civic speaking here, we try to kind of give a little bit of a focus back to that. So please introduce yourself. So we'll start over here. So I'm Mark Zilke from Wilkie. Well, not so much from Wilkie, but, you know, let's uh, get the last name right. So Mark Zilke, and I own uh, two businesses myself. I own StartFreshMedia.com, which is a social media management company, and also QuickAutoRepair.ca, which is an online solution for helping people with their vehicle issues. And as well, I'm a partner in Jasmine Solution Center, Inc., which we do advocacy for people and advocate for justice for people in a variety of different settings. Awesome. Awesome. And I'm Monica Kruger, and I'm the founder of Global Info Brokers, and we own two schools, the Praxis School of Entrepreneurship, which helps people launch their companies, and Praxis International Institute, which works primarily with international students who are interested in coming here and uh, getting themselves launched into Canadian society. Awesome. My name is Sarah Wilwright. I have two companies. I have uh, SME Trusted Online Directories, and the divisions are TrustedSaskatoon.com, um, which is an online directory of trusted local businesses, and also Trusted Marketing Services which is a full-serve marketing agency in downtown Saskatoon. Awesome, Alan, thank you. And your voices sound great, by the way. <laughs> so That's awesome. But, you know, I, when we were kind of in the green room getting ready to go into the studio, I said, you know, this is kind of like a bit of a State of the Union kind of panel in the sense of really kind of getting a vibe and a feel for where small business is sitting today in Saskatoon. So I just opened it up. Uh, to use a panel here on Civically Speaking to just kind of give you kind of your first thoughts about that and then kind of how it links into what you're seeing through your work lens and related kind of work and organizational uh, hats that you have that we that you'll share as you go. Who would like to start off? Monica, you do this. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, okay. Well, I've been working with startups since uh, since 1990 and probably about... 850 or 900 of them now and they're from all over the map and I haven't seen any real shifts in the types of businesses people are starting. Um, I certainly have seen shifts in gender so there are many more women that are starting businesses today and also cultural diversity so there's an, an, quite a number of people now that are uh, coming from other cultures uh, and also we have lots of Indigenous people starting companies. That's been a real shift in the last I'd say five to ten years. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, of course, we work with all the startups, so they're full of energy and excitement and enthusiasm, and the world is great. And, and, uh, um, but we also know that there's always challenges to stay in business and to keep the business growing. Because a business, just because you get it going to a certain stage doesn't mean it's going to last. You have to continue to innovate and reinvent Otherwise, you won't stay in business. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you want to, anybody want to add to I that? I think that's I think that's key, Monica. Is that uh, yeah? I think um, uh, I 
deal again with lots of businesses across Saskatchewan and, and beyond, everything from ag to tech to service, you know, your local plumbers and um, roofers and stuff like that, as well as lawyers and realtors and mortgage brokers. And most of them that I'm dealing with personally are, are doing well. Um, some of that is because people that were in the industry with them um, aren't there anymore. And I think that the key is innovation. I think that um, if you keep on doing what you always did, now you can't expect different results. Okay, Mark, you want to build on that? You know, and it's interesting, Monica and, and Sarah both identify that there are different people getting into business, which is fantastic to see. And as someone who's out on a daily basis meeting business owners from a wide variety of different genres, if you will, you know, I don't see, I don't see so much of the optimism. And I've, even this very week, you know, it's interesting, I'm sitting down with a business owner who's invested, as a small business owner, um, in, in prime uh, property and up in the north end for, for his business. And within the last, I'm going to say between six and eight months, has had to let half his staff go. And that's a common, that's a, that's a common story. There are people who are tightening their belts. Um, now that's just in the construction end, if you will. And that's a synonymous story in construction right now in Saskatchewan. But even in the hospitality industry, you know, there are certain people who are, are going to be doing very well and, gonna f and who are filling in those gaps mm -hmm. for sure. But the status quo isn't working. And there are a lot of people that aren't able to adapt. There are a lot of businesses that aren't able to adapt. And what I'm seeing, in fact, I'm just sitting down with, you would call it one of our old-time uh, establishments, if you will. And it's interesting because there's more of a tendency, in, in, at least from my perception, to just kind of throw one's hands up in the air and say, oh, let's hope this passes. Mm -hmm. and, and my encouragement to, to those people is that this is not going to pass. This is a new norm. Mm -hmm. what, are you gonna do, what are you gonna do to adapt and to break in and, and get people into your business? So, or, or at least hanging out with your business, dealing with your business, participating with your business in some significant way. So, yeah, I, my, my experience would not be as optimistic uh, when I talk to people on the street and, and in their, in their uh, boss's chairs, if you will. Okay. Monica? Well, I, think one of, I think one of the things we have to look at is that, and I agree with you, like there is a new norm. But the new norm means that we have to look at new business models. And I think what we're, what we're looking, what we're seeing now, uh, and, and the stats show it, that there are continuing, uh, there's continuing growth in small business and entrepreneurship, but in certain age categories. So we've got a fair number of businesses starting up in the sort of 55 to 64 year range, and that's because lots of them are stepping out of traditional business, taking their expertise and starting their own companies. Um, but where I see us having to reinvent how we operate as businesses is starting to collaborate in smaller groups and how do we help each other succeed. We do that quite a lot. I know you do that, Sarah. Mm -hmm. I know you do that, Lenore. Um, that how we, how we come together and help each other, lift each other up, as opposed to just saying, how do I keep my specific business going? So how do we collaborate cross-market? Cross, uh, more than that. It's more than just cross-marketing. It's helping each other grow and I think that's where we have to go next. But do you, do you think Monica that people even if they say it do you think that there's a tangible action on that even remotely? And the reason the reason I talk about this we we talk about we've heard this lots uh, even for example in between US and Canada trade protectionism. Right? We have that here in Saskatoon it's it's where people are 
in competitive business, there is that level most likely of uh, protectionism. Do you think that people are willing to go down that road? Well, I think I think that the younger ages that are that are out there starting companies, I think they're more willing because they've been doing that just sort of as youth. Mm -hmm. They've been working in that way. But I think you're absolutely right. I think that there are, it's a it's a tough next step, but I think it's a necessary next step because I think our environment is changing. And if we don't, you know, we've got lots of people who are no longer working in companies. And so now, and we've, we've got used to things like Upworks, or is that what it's called, where you can, where you can go, yeah. Um, and you can go and hire people from somewhere else and bring different groups together. Like that, yeah. But why not use people in our own community to do that? Why not say, you know, there's, there's groups of five or six people that might come together and say, let's work on this project together. Or I'm always going to use you to come and do our workshops in our school on marketing because Zara mm -hmm. does that. Or, you know, and you find all the people who become your local suppliers. But, but even the next step is what can we do together as a group? And I think that's a whole thing that will take time, mm -hmm. um, but I think it will be much easier for um, the younger uh, entrepreneurs to do that because they're already doing that. They're already in places like incubators and, yeah. and, and like collabs, and they're working together in groups to make things happen already. But no, any changes takes time. I want to I want to kind of insert and for folks that are just tuning in this in this is 90.5 at CFCR community radio and I'm Lenore Swiston and civically speaking here and I've got guests Sarah Wheelwright, Monica Kruger and Mark Zoki here with me tonight and we're talking about entrepreneurship and small business. You talked about the need for innovation Zara and Monica you're talking about the need you know change and change takes time and Mark is saying yeah and there's still some businesses out there I'm not maybe seeing what you're seeing so obviously there's some sector differences differentiation here I want to want to come back on on the thought about okay business isn't in isolation and I and and a lot of times I think when we have these conversations and here I am on civic radio where we talk about everything from housing to community development and neighborhoods to what the heck are they doing with garbage and waste in the city you know what's the environment of small business these days and when we talk about small business you know, what is that climate that we're working in? Because it isn't in isolation. And I think that fact sometimes gets missed that somehow that's something over there that we have to deal with. So if anyone can kind of jump in on that, I'd appreciate it. I, I don't feel that it, the city um, right now is very involved with small business. That's, it seems to be a separate thing. Um, the, the community like organizations like the Chambers and the NSBA and WESC, you know, they're pretty... Um, visible um, from what I see and my clients see, um, but I'm not really saying the city is being visible. Is um, that, and I mean, I'll challenge back do they need to be? If things are going okay and the young folks are collaborating, and innovation is something that we have to do, my challenge back could be maybe they're doing exactly what they need to do, which is just stay hands off. Well, I think, you know, there's been this driver for downtown, um, but I'm seeing more and more empty places. So whatever they're doing doesn't seem to be affecting that. So the, something needs to change because, you know, the downtown is the heart of the city. So if you want this to be the place to be, and you want to kind of add in, you know, new bridges and you want to kind of, you know, add in more festivals and community and what you need to have a downtown that's vibrant. And it can't just be vibrant at night. It's got to be vibrant during the day too. Mark? You know, and it's, sorry, I absolutely, completely agree. Lenore, you challenged back and said, if we're doing so well, well, my question would be compared to who, compared mm -hmm. to what? Mm -hmm. And the fact of the matter is, 
where I sit as someone, and again, like the two other panelists here, Monica Kruger and, and Sarah Wheelwright, we're out there and we're talking with people. Now, definitely there are different sectors that are being represented in our conversations, of course. But the fact of the matter is, it is my, it is my strong belief that business isn't its, its own little silo. People don't, people don't come here and then decide to get into business. Business actually draws people. You know, I have, a, I have an age-old line that says if we don't have a prosperous business community here in Saskatoon, and specifically for small entrepreneurs, new businesses, people who are risking everything, not just, not just a few dollars, but risking their houses, risking their uh, bursaries if they have any, risking uh, inheritances, risking many, many different things. If those people aren't, being, uh, aren't feeling part of the crew, part of the gang, if you will, and in this case, I don't see, uh, sorry, I already mentioned this, I don't see the city participating in any significant way to build up our business community. And I will actually go one step further. Sarah mentioned that we have a significant amount of space downtown. I would reference uh, the report that just came out from the Saskatoon area Home Builders Association. I mean, we have, I believe it's less than half of the, of the permits. Uh, less than half of what is a standard number for permits being uh, requested here in You're South talking Virginia. building permits. Yes, mm -hmm. absolutely. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, that's an absolute uh, litmus test for a lot of the things that we do here as far as economy in Saskatoon. Monica? Well, you know, I'm going to challenge all levels of government and say that I think that the lens has not been placed uh, for the small business and entrepreneur. I think we've got all kinds of policies and procedures and all kinds of focus on medium to large size business, of which we need, we need those as well. Um, but when we have 87% of our uh, businesses in Saskatchewan have less than five employees, including the solo printers, um, the, the policies, we need, we need a lens at the, at the local, provincial and federal level where we can address policies from the pr perspective of the small business. Because we're small, we don't have a lot of time to do go through all of the various procedures that larger companies maybe have, and to do have one policy to fit all, it doesn't work. So speak a little bit more to that, because I, this is where I know, I, 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 you know, so some folks here are going to, okay, here we go on a business thing again, but, mm -hmm. you know, wrapping it into that context, what does that look like when we're starting to think about how we need to think about kind of policy from the vantage point of small business. Well, I think, you know, it's kind of cutting the, the, the red tape. I mean, an example would be, and I know that all three of us, and yourself as well, and all, like, uh, we tend to be giving information to people in small business, right? We, we are a hub because um, they're all too busy and, and uh, easier to the ground. We sit on boards, we, we're out there in the community. And things like um, the, the summer intern program or every school of business intern program or the grants that have become available for entrepreneurs or you know, all of these things, most of my clients have no idea that it's available. They're not getting reached you know, to, to know about this. And quite frankly, you know, they haven't got a degree in filling out grant applications. And you know, it takes literally five, six, seven hours of gathering information and writing business plans to get you know, the grants and the assistance that they're looking for. Um, so this, especially with the intern programs, that means interns are just going to be put into an office and a big you know, business and, and pu pushing paper, doing the same monotonous job over and over again, instead of actually getting some on-the-job experience of small businesses where they learn an, a massive array of skills and talents and they really see that business is not nine to five. You know, it may be after 20 years, 
Um, but you know that's the 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 gap that's missing, I think. And, 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 Monica, I feel you got to jump in here. <laughs> no, I was just shaking my head because we've been in business thirty years and it's still not nine to five. <laughs> but that's because small business people and entrepreneurs, you know, most of us, we we do this work because we have a passion for it. We love it. And I think, uh, you know, I want to come back to that 87% of people of mm-hmm. businesses under five employees. When we talk and when I hear governments talk about business, it, it isn't about the small no. business. And the fact that your, you know, your neighbor probably owns a business or probably employs two people down the road or, you know, they're, they're an, we're an essential part of community. And we're not, you know, um, we don't have tons of resources to be able to do all the wonderful things that larger companies are able to do. So when we have gov- certain government policies, I'm, I'm just going to pull a, a federal one for, for now that is, is actually has a small business lens on it, and it's the Temporary Foreign Worker Program. Companies that have less than 10 employees have a, a slightly different um, uh, policy that is applied to them, which makes it easier for them to use the program. Now, if we had that small business lens on every business policy that's out there, then I think you would have uh, much more engagement from the small business and entrepreneurship uh, community. And we would be much more in, in the lens of the community. The community would see that we are, we are part of it, we're an integrate part of it. Just like you were saying, Mark, if we don't have a healthy and busy and vibrant uh, business community, we don't have community, period. We look at, that's, we look that's at a non-negotiable. Right? That's, not, that's a yeah. non-negotiable. Yeah, I, I'm in a community that, you know, uh, think about small communities. If they lose a, a grocery store, for example, that's sort of the beginning of the end of a community. That's that's a business that you need. So I think when we talk about business, we have to remember that most businesses are small. And I pulled another statistic mm-hmm. out, out coming here today just as a something that people maybe don't think about. In terms of uh, GDP in Saskatchewan, each business, small business I'm talking, um, contributes um, about $165,000 a year to GDP. So let's think about that. Let's think mm-hmm. about... You know, if we help these companies grow one or two people more, right, and we support them through small business lens on policy, we will have a inc- huge increase on the GDP. The many makes a difference. Mark? And, and you know, Monica, you, you hit on that, that fact of, I believe you said $165,000. This is, this is where I would go back to your initial exhortation for all levels of government to not only recognize, but then to support and make the opportunity for small business and entrepreneurship to happen. And I mean, as someone who's absolutely politically engaged on many different levels, this is exactly what I'm looking for and why I'm part of the groups that I am. And it's, it's an absolute necessity. And it's not just, you know... I think sometimes people get this feeling, as Lenore mentioned, that it's just way over there or way out there. Oh, that doesn't affect me. Here's the thing. When a small business shuts and those two people or three people are out of work, that suddenly now is taxing the community. It's taxing, it's taxing uh, services that we shouldn't necessarily be focusing on because we should be focusing on absolute business health. Sarah? Yeah, I think that um, you know, support local is the mantra, but it's it it's maybe comes across as a little self-serving. The businesses are saying that, and I think that it's the, the chambers are doing a good job of it, and the the other business associations as well. But I think it needs to come, and the understanding is that that small business supports local. Small business. I mean, if we weren't contributing as a, as a as a community to 
um, you know, community support. I don't, I don't think a lot, a lot of these nonprofits would be able to survive. And I think that those are the things that need to be um, expressed so that the public get it, and I think most of them do, and certainly that the government do, because you know, a lot of the nonprofits that are supported by small business, you know, they need to be there. So if they're not there, then who's going to support them when it turns right back to the government again? In the cities, the federal, the provincial. And I'm going to bring up, a, you know, property taxes. <laughs> well, I was going to go there. So, so, I'm okay, surprised so, we so, haven't gone yeah. there yet. <laughs> we were so, and parking. Yeah, so when we've, when we've talked uh, in the past, when the community talks, and when the messaging is out there about property taxes, it always it sounds like there's this big competition between business and, and, and personal. And I mean, every one of us here on the panel and every one of us that has a small business, we also live in a residence. So of course we're part of that discussion as well. So I may not own a building as a small business. I would love to own one, but if I don't own one, I still rent from somebody who owns one. And when property taxes go up and they're, you know, higher than the residential taxes. People say, well, business should take on that portion. They should be going, you know, paying more and all that. But that's, most of it is 87% are, are tiny businesses. Mm -hmm. So when we're talking about uh, property taxes, um, that cost gets passed into the rent. And the rent is what we have to pay. And if we can't pay it, then we're going to move back into our homes. And if we're back in our homes, it's reverse growth, right? Yeah. And, you all, and with that, if I, if I could just jump in, Monica, with that, when people are feeling pressured, I don't know in, in your conversations how people are reacting, but I can tell you that there are a few different ways that people are starting to smudge the lines, if you will, a little bit. The, the lines become blurry about what is an acceptable way of doing business. And as someone who is advocating for justice with not only people in business, but then also, for example, you have landlords, you have uh, people all over in different capacities. It's amazing to see that gray area slide. And when, when there becomes that in absolute pressure on people in business, especially small business owners, it's, it's incredible to me that there isn't more of a, you know, a support line or a helpline because the pressure that the conversations, for example, there was, there was another, another conversation I just had two weeks ago and this guy said, Hey, listen, you know, I'm going under here and I think it's going to happen within the next six months, but I cannot take any money out of my business. I can't do anything because I still want my employees to go home with their paycheck. Yeah. And he's doing it to his own personal detriment. Mm -hmm. That. Well, that's what small businesses do, right? Absolutely, big businesses. Right? You, you absolutely pay everybody else out, and then you pay yourself. If there's something left, yeah. A nice pause that happened right there, <laughs> but I, but I, you know, when you've been, and then, and again, of course, I'm as one of the small business owners sitting here at a table of small business owners. What I find always interesting, again, is that when we get to the civic environment or the provincial environment or the federal environment, what I find a lot of challenge is, is that, that somehow profit gets put alongside as a word of small business. And somehow it means that small business in a, in a principled manner, because of that word profit there, somehow takes on a whole different lens when we start to look at what you just talked about, which was supports for small business folks who may be having anxiety, just like somebody in, in the social service sector or education sector or agriculture sector, which we have stress lines for, you know, to go to my roots. 
you're some thoughts that come to mind when 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 I say that. Yeah, I think that uh, if you're lucky enough to have a um, a group of friends around you, they can help you through the stresses if they are small business owners. And I know that we have that, um, ladies, and Mark as well. Um, you know, but you know, there's isolation, and certainly, you know, in some of the trades where they aren't, you know, they may not necessarily, you know, be kind of close to other businesses. You know, again, if you if you're working your seventy hours a week and you're trying to put you know, stuff on the table and your job doesn't really get benefits by going to networking events. You may be just on that island of entrepreneurship and you don't have any resources. So I think it is troubling, for sure. So I want to come back to it, though. So then if, we are, if we're talking about that we're kind of a bit on the islands, what are some of the ways that we can go beyond the islands? Other than, you know, you have the chambers, you have that, but how much commingling do we have with other organizations, for instance? Mark? You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna... to take the bull by the horns mm. here and share a tangible experience. So as I mentioned earlier, I own... And you got about a minute to do it. Thank you very much. <laughs> I own a social media management company, so a marketing company. I will be the type of person that comes to Trusted Saskatoon or to any of my other competitors with uh, a couple of coffees and a bag of Timbits, and we will connect. And so that is a tangible way that I get to share... Uh, first of all, to get rid of that protectionism, but then also to bounce off and see what issues we have that are common mm -hmm. and also what successes we can uh, cheer about and raise the bar together with. Monica? Yeah, I think, I think uh, entrepreneurship is definitely not supposed to be you know, a solo activity. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think that you have to connect with other people. And yes, there are formal networks to be involved in. Lots of them people don't have time to do. So having a network to connect with, I think, is super important. And they're introverts and would rather yeah. put yourself in the eye. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, I, and tangible examples for sure. But also, you know, I think you need to be able to reach out. Reach out and talk to other entrepreneurs and find people with like minds and diverse minds too, but that are willing to work together on making change happen. Okay, I want to go back though to, we'll take our own city as an example, our civic structure right now as it is. Okay, I just sent you guys a little blast that I get through my planning lens, right? And that is on um, um, Larry Beasley coming in to the Remy Modern Art Gallery and doing a panel with the mayor on the downtown. Okay, what can, what can a business, how can a business person get involved? Did, first of all, did you guys hear about it? Yeah. So, I mean, so part of that is the messaging that may be coming out of City Hall, hint, hint, I'll say that, <laughs> to City Hall, like share the messages to, through the network, pump, 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 yeah. it, pump it out there. I want to go back to your thing around, you know, property taxes. What's your message to the city then, Monica? Well, I, th I think my message to the city is that things are not black and white. Mm -hmm. And by, by dividing people between business and residents, we're creating a crazy competition that makes no sense because we are both. Mm -hmm. Yes. And most of us are small. So when people have this image of what a business is, it tends to be, you know, maybe a large publicly traded kind of company. That's not business in Saskatchewan. Mm -hmm. That's not business in Saskatoon. So I think I think we have to be much clearer at the civic level as to the integration. You mentioned that earlier. We are members of this and that, and we volunteer, and we have kids and things, or grandkids and things, or... You know, we're involved all over the place, just like somebody else who is working for another company and probably working for another small company. So we have to stop this division. We have to start saying what makes sense for our city, right? And what makes sense to be able to raise up the ability for businesses to grow as well as, as residents, mm -hmm. right, to be able to, to function. Sarah? Yeah, I mean, uh, briefly touched on parking, I think, uh, for downtown and other places. You know, if you gave um, businesses some passes... 
you know, because when I, I've got, you know, there's 10 of us and I've had to give, when we moved downtown from Riversdale, I, I, I decided to give, um, not had to give, decided to give my, my team like a, a compensation of some additional for travel allowance. Um, got to park my vehicles, my customers are going to park my vehicles, they're stuck there and uh, for two hours only and it's really debilitating and I know that that gets in the way of people walking around shopping, they just run in and run out. Right, they're not sticking around. Uh, obviously, in the winter, they don't really anyway. But um, you know, I think that that's something to think of: is to, to give businesses a break on parking downtown in well, other areas. Well, yeah, well, it sounds a bit like, and you can see where I'm kind of leaning to in this. Right, is like incentivize small business a little bit, like you mm -hmm. would Help do them. others. You know, a little bit of incentive might go a long ways in terms of contributing to the GDP. Absolutely. Mark, absolutely. I mean, your small businesses, your business owner, your small business owners. When, when people look, walk by a business, remember that that business is contributing to your local parks, to your civic centers, to the fact that you can have uh, better snow, uh, snow clearage, that you can have a skating rink, that you can have all these amenities. It's not the opposite way around. So I agree that there needs to be this uh, coming together, but I do believe that the city could do and needs to do and, is, and actually is on deck it, it has to do much more in raising that profile of and, and the pride of local business here in Saskatoon. I wanted to add just one really quick thing, if I can, and, and that is um, 87%. Yeah, I know, okay, it's a good stat. But, but that 87% is made up, you know, if we think of 150,000 businesses in Saskatchewan, and that 87% is what keeps an economy going because you will have... New businesses start, you have others that will close, um, maybe choose to retire, whatever, but that, the small business owner is there forever. Our larger employers, as I said, we need them, but they aren't always here. So we provide incentives for larger employers, but what do we provide to try and help our small, small companies stay and then grow? As I said, you grow one or two people in a four-person company, that's huge. That's double. That's a 50% increase. You know what? We've just run out of time. So guess what? That was a really good point to end mm -hmm. on. I want to thank Sarah Wheelwright, Monica Kruger, and Mark Zilke for joining me on Civically Speaking. It's been a real treat to have you. I will have you back. My promise to you is to have these panels keep coming back and, and uh, continuing the conversation because I think it's an important one based on that stat alone. So 87% folks, Saskatchewan, small business. All right, up next is the USSU show. So thanks everybody for tuning in. Stay warm out there. Awesome. That was great. That yeah, was great. Really fun. Love you. Love you. Love you. Love you.